Welcome to Disney Minus, the Disney podcast where we are slowly but surely working our way through every single movie of the Disney cat- uh, catalog. Uh, I'm Steven, and there's golden in our eggs. I'm Kat, and I got nothing clever. I just still don't know how you mess up applesauce. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, Dan, and I'm a hundred thousand duck. Hundred dollar duck. Nah. Aww. <laughs> today, uh, today we're covering um, the million dollar duck from. Uh, dang, I keep forgetting if it was 1971 or 1973. Uh, 1971. 71. Okay, I keep wanting to say it's the other one. Yeah, 1971. Um, it's kind of really all I got in terms of intro. I mean, yeah. we're gonna we cover the plot, but the basics of it, y'all, is I mean, scientist has a duck what lays gold eggs. So yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those live-action Disney movies from after the Golden Age, but before the Renaissance, that nobody really yeah. remembers. And often for good reason. Yeah. There are some good ones, but this one is... It's okay. It, it's like, to give you guys an idea of the kind of movie this is, this is the first of only three movies that Gene Siskel walked out on during his professional career. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. The other two were Maniac, a horror film called Maniac, and the comedy Black Sheep. But Gene Siskel actually walked out of this movie. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's very trite. It's, I mean, it's a thing. This movie is like even for Disney. Like, <laughs> like it's it's not terrible. I mean, no. as a movie overall, it's it's fine. But maybe it's because the first time, my first viewing of it was at like three in the morning. But this was an absolute fever dream for me. Yeah, it's kind of a fever dream. Yeah. (laughs) I watched this movie the first time I was already kind of sick, so I was sleep deprived. And then I watched it again while we were delayed. So I had a little more time to take a fresh look at it. And no, no, it it didn't improve. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, (laughs) I didn't understand it any better. (laughs) I've come to terms with it enough that this didn't happen on my later viewings when I was taking notes and then remind, refreshing again for for today. But the first time, I, that first time I watched it, I think I had like five different times where I just had to pause the movie and shout, what is happening? Yeah. I, I just want to, I'm going to, I just want to pull up like a few examples of famous movies that came out in 1971. So just consider what okay. this was up against. We've got, a Clockwork Orange, Diamonds <gasps> Are Forever, nice. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Now that's a fever dream of a movie. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Oh, some other uh, dizzy things. Uh, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Uh, oh. Hmm. Uh, oh my god, this was pretty hairy, huh? I, I didn't know that came out in the 70s. I've never seen yeah. it, but... Sounds about right, though. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, actually, I don't think I have either now. You mentioned it. I think but, a lot yeah. of movies were like, you haven't, even if you haven't seen it, you at least know, like, you know of it and you know some of the lines. It's it's in the cultural conscious. Uh, right. Whatever. Um, yeah. Uh... Let's get into it, I guess. Uh, yeah. 
Let's do it. Looking at the actor for the husband in this movie real quick, Dean Jones. Oh, it looks like he's in both versions of that darn cat that Disney did. So that's... Whenever we get to that, we're going to see him. He's in the Beethoven movies, apparently. Nice. Yeah, uh... I'm looking at his IMDb now, and yeah, like... It does look like he's just in a lot of these sort of, like, forgettable mid-to-late 20th century films. Uh, He was in... Yeah. He was in Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo. Yeah, it looks like he might have been in all of the Herbie movies, I guess. He's in... This isn't a Disney movie, so it's not one that we're going to watch for this, but I might have to look it up just based off of this title. He was in some kind of movie called Mr. Super Invisible. And, like, I kind of just need to know what that means. What is what is Super Invisible? Is that, like, is it, like, the baby from Jojo Part 4? It's Invisible 2. There we go. Yeah, uh, so... Ooh. Um, here's something real quick. Uh, have either of you guys seen Rockadoodle? Do you guys remember that movie? I've never seen it, but I I've know. heard of okay. it. Oh my. Yeah. Okay, one, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> I love that movie. But two, um, the girl, I don't know if you guys remember the girl mouse peepers, the little girl mouse that had the big glasses. Nope. That, oh, well, if you ever get a chance to watch it, the, her voice actor is the <laughs> wife in this movie who fucked up the goddamn applesauce. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was. I didn't realize it was the same person. It's been forever since I've seen Rockadoodle. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not letting the applesauce go. Yeah, we're gonna get into this applesauce. Uh, we are. Yeah. Uh, so this movie just opens like a lot of the movies from this time with like a sort of animated intro where the bulk of the credits are. A lot of older movies did that. Just credits at the start. Uh, yeah, this one, uh, the little animation going along with it is a duck yeah. coming in from different sides of the screen to line up eggs. Yeah. And, like, at the end, it's a set of zeros to spell out one million. Uh, yeah. So. And then it. Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, uh, then it just, yeah, it just hops uh, right into. I'm not going to say the action, because it's not like there's a ton of action. <laughs> but it hops right into the movie where we meet our main character, Albert Dooley, the one that I said was played by Dean Jones. And just a big old stack of bills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get, like, a whole thing of him getting his diploma in, like, high school or whatever, saying he's the most likely to succeed, but he's not doing that great. Uh, I love this shot because it's not even like it's a flashback or anything, you know, or it's its own separate scene. It goes from Dooley looking at his bills and then like leaning back in his chair to look up at his high school diploma. And it just brings in the flashback as like a little hazy circle thing in front of his diploma. (laughs) So we see his kid. Uh, His kid's name is like uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, yeah, because he's he's got a dog. I don't know his name being Jimmy fucked me up, dude. Yeah. Uh, 
Jimmy's got a dog that he's got from an older kid named Charlie, who is also in the room. Uh, no, the older kid's name is Eddie. Yeah, his name's Eddie. He wants to name the dog Charlie. Yeah, Charlie's the duck. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I misread my notes. Yeah, so, yeah, he wants to name this dog Charlie. Uh, he's gonna get it from this older kid who's, I guess, their his his dog had some puppies or something. Uh, yeah, it's important to note that this kid has no lines. Eddie has no lines in the movie. He has one facial expression. He is on screen for all of a couple minutes and is the most intimidating child in the world, apparently. He's... So, let's get it. So, like, he's trying to... He wants... He wants, uh... Fifty dollars in nineteen seventy one money, which is to say about, uh, ooh, I forgot to look up what that one was with inflation, but I looked up a couple other. Yeah, I'm looking. Years. So fifty dollars in nineteen seventy one money, uh, that's eleven times. Yeah, so about ten times what it would cost now. I think. Uh, yeah, it would be about. Oh, three hundred and twenty-one dollars and forty-seven cents. So he's asking for uh for a lot. He's asking for a PS4's worth of uh dog money. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, "No, we're we we're barely making our bills. We can't buy this dog." But Eddie has this dead fucking stare. Like, like it's he's like that meme of like. Of, like, Mike Wazowski was his face swapped with Sully. <laughs> oh my god, you're right, it is. That's the exact face he's making. Just, I'm over here imitating it, as if anyone can see that. Of course, he can't name it, but he can't get it. Uh, Jamie wants to name the dog Charlie, but that's not happening. Uh, he he tells him, um, oh, what is it, uh... Jimmy says, like, I'll share my food with him so we don't have to buy his own dog food. <laughs> Albert, uh, Mr. Dooley says, no, you're just you're just a growing boy. You need all the food you can get. Jimmy fires back with, well, Daddy, you're an adult. You don't need to eat. Oh. You can share your food. This kid is savage. <laughs> this kid really wants this dog. Um, he, right? he really does. Uh, we cut to, uh, the mo- the mother of the family, uh, Katie Dooley. Uh, she's cooking, and the joke of Katie Dooley is not smart. Uh. Yeah, that's, they milk that the entire movie. That's her entire character. She gets things wrong, and it's not very smart. Um. But I will grant she is sweet. I would say of the two, she is probably a nicer person than Albert is. Yeah. So she's got that going for her. Uh, yeah, so she's making some applesauce. <laughs> and and just to be economical, she's using apples from the tree outside. Uh, yeah, so... Like, she's she's just, like, making it, but, like, she looks away for just a second, and the cookbook, uh, some wind blows the cookbook a few pages, and she looks at a completely different recipe and starts putting in 
uh, uh, mustard and was it horseradish? I can't remember. No, I wrote I wrote the list down. Um, the first time it flips, she adds mustard. Well, first she added cinnamon. That was part of the actual recipe. Oh shit! Did Craig get out of here? Hang on, we lost Craig. If Craig's gonna stick around, uh, I then I think we can pick up where we left off, which was yeah. about just trying to list off the ingredients. Yeah, we were the, the, yeah ingredients. <laughs> yeah, the 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 recipe she's actually following called for cinnamon, so that part was right. Uh, the first time it flips, she adds mustard. It flips again, and these next two, I think, are supposed to be from the same recipe, or at least I didn't notice it flipping in between. Adds curry powder and garlic. Right. And she never uses any measurements, by the way, so it's not a cup, so it's not like a teaspoon of cinnamon, X amount of garlic. It's just, meh. Just eyeball it. Yeah, the first time I've seen, I was eating dinner, and I had to stop and put it down for a few minutes. <laughs> she does tell Albert when he comes in to try it, and says to let her know if it's two, and she hesitates, and then just goes, ingredient. Yeah, it... Which, fair, I don't know what way to to anticipate this going. (laughs) Yeah, it's... (laughs) I think this bit is a bad joke. Um... It's not great. And if Steven says, hey, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> but, but yeah, so they have a, con- they have a whole conversation about like, oh, we need to be cutting back on our bills. And she offers to start making him lunch instead of having him buy lunch. He doesn't want to tell her that she's a bad cook. So, what is it? I think he said, just says, like, no, that's too much for you to trouble yourself with, or something like that? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we're stuck in the joke of Katie stupid. Um, yeah, uh, but I think, I think at this point, uh, maybe we cut to the next day? No, it's Somehow it's still the same. Like, oh, it looks the... like it's afternoon, but he's just now leaving for work. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, huh. I must have misremembered. But anyways, he's like, he's going out. He's got his old, not very good car that just is fuming smoke whenever he starts it up. Much to the, uh, much to the, uh, chagrin of his next door neighbor, Finley, who... Finley Hoopa. Yeah, Finley Hooper, who's, like, in... Oh, he's in, like, the... They don't specify what he does, but uh, when when Jimmy's asking about why Hooper can afford a dog and they can't, um, Dooley says something about he, he works for the Treasury Department, he can afford a giraffe. Yeah. Yeah, he, he works for the Treasury, uh, I don't know, of the California or... Uh, presumably it's the, California. It's the U.S. Treasury Department. I guess. Yeah. Oh, is it U.S.? I don't know. 
Yeah, it's the it's the U.S. Treasury Department. So yeah. he's like, I guess that's why they're able to get like all the hoopla they do later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Without doing spoilers. As he's like going, uh, let's see. Okay, yeah. So he runs into like the Wadlows, who are these rude seventies hooligans who drive a dune buggy and don't believe in the system. Yeah, they almost like slam into Dooley's car and when he yells at them one of them literally says, Hey man, don't blame us. It was you old cats that invented the internal combustion engine. Uh What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh I I'm not the thing is, I'm not even sure if this is accurate to the 1970s. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but he's carpooling with his neighbor, uh, who is like a lawyer, uh, but not one that has a lot of cases. Uh, yeah. They jokingly plan to off the kids in secret, so Yeah. Man. <laughs> Same cuts like immediately from that to Dooley showing up at work at his laboratory. Yeah. It apparently it's like a university laboratory, but I don't know where. Presumably U UCLA, uh I guess. We never we never get an establishing shot, so there's no clue to where this lab is. We don't see the outside of the building at all. Just inside. Uh, and I don't know why, but that messes me up so much. It's like, where is this? Yeah, it's... We... Like, the only time we ever get an idea of it is, like, they say it's in a university. And that's it. Yeah. Uh... But he's apparently a biochemist or something. He works with animals. He does animal testing. Yeah. It looks like they're doing it looks like they're doing some kind of tests to I guess kind of like measure the intelligence of animals at problem solve different animals at problem solving. And like their ability to learn. Yeah, here in a couple of scene here in a couple scene the next scene it shows a couple of them going through different kinds of mazes. Yeah, uh yeah. But Dooley throws away his lunch that Katie t uh, made him take, and it the chimp that's positioned right above the trash can like pulls the food out, and it looks like it was only an open container of the apple juice or the applesauce. This is like, like a mousetrap style chain of events, almost. It oh my god, it really is the um. What was it? I'm trying to remember how this all goes. The chimp pulls the bag out of the trash, rips it open, and literally it's just a square open container of applesauce. The chimp eats like a handful, starts flipping out. Can you blame Slides it? it down to... I mean, fair. Slides it like a foot down the table to the, the duck's cage, and the duck starts just not... Uh, the duck loves the applesauce, apparently, and just starts... Just starts going to town on it and eating all of the applesauce. The duck goes ham on the applesauce. It super does. In the meantime, Dooley and I guess like probably the head researcher of either like the department or just the set of experiments they're doing 
is talking about we got to get rid of the duck. It's not doing good on any of our tests. And I'm over here like, if you're testing intelligence, isn't one not doing well on the tests like valuable data? Is this really professional to just get rid of it? <laughs> but, um, <sighs> but <laughs> so duly like, manages to convince him, I guess, to let them keep testing the duck. He takes it over into the next room where they have a couple different um, a couple different tests running. One of them is a rooster that is like oh, what was the rooster's test? Hang on. I think it's like pulling strings to get food? That sounds about right. It's something like that, yeah. The next one is a little piggy that they have going through a maze and pulling a string to make a door open up so it can get to get up a ramp and start nomming on a little baby bottle. Cause I get, I mean, it's a pig. It's, I don't know why I'm saying, I guess it's a, it's a little piglet. It's a baby pig. I don't shut up. I don't know. <laughs> I'm over here going, yeah, I guess, the, I guess things, the pig Steven. is young. Like, yes, obviously the pig is young. It's itty bitty. That's not the point. His baby the baby. ducks test. The shot. <laughs> The duck, which notably this annoys me so much because they keep referring to the duck as a he until it starts laying eggs and then they start calling it a she. And I'm like, you guys are scientists, right? You should probably know what kind of duck you're dealing with. Ugh. I mean, you but would the think, ducks but... test. Yeah, the ducks test isn't even a maze. They like put it in a box with three different options. Uh, one of them, I think, just make is just a buzzer. The middle one would be it like hitting a switch to probably open the container of food that's in there. Yeah. And the other one, when it hits the button, starts like playing recorded sounds of dogs barking. Cause reasons. Science. I I don't I don't know what that part is supposed to test. I guess like because are ducks afraid of dogs? I'm, is that a thing that people Yeah, know I guess it's I mean, just to like punish them. Like I guess like something scary, like a predator noise, maybe. Yeah. But I don't know. This dog in, or this duck ends up like just chilling out to the dog sounds. And this is where it's established that dogs barking prompts the duck to lay eggs. And I don't know how much time would have passed for this to become a conditioned response, but apparently it is. I think they did the science wrong. Not not the movie, yeah. but the scientists in in character. Yeah. This, this, I think, was the first time that I had to pause the movie and just go, what is happening? Um, so the duck has officially, I guess, failed the last test, and they're going to get rid of it. Um... <laughs> Everybody stops paying attention to the duck, and it it literally just wanders across the hall into the radiation lab, where I don't even, y'all, I don't understand what their test was. What were they doing in this radiation lab? They were seeing what happens when you put radiation in stuff. And well, yeah. we found out. <laughs> like, they just, they've got a conveyor belt of, like, just a bunch of different like bubbling beakers and stuff that they have a light like a spotlight shining down on that I guess is supposed to be like their concentrated radiation hitting it. It's 
It's science as a concept. I mean, let's yeah, be honest. If we all had our own radi- if we all had our own radiation labs, let's be honest, we'd all be irradiating anything and everything we could get our hands on just because. You're not wrong. Let's but be honest. <laughs> you're not wrong, but I'm not an actual scientist. I'm just a nerd who's read too many comic books. I mean, is there a difference? <laughs> Fair. But somehow the duck gets on uh, on their conveyor belt and is just sitting there, I guess, being blasted with radiation it's until they happen to belt. finally notice. The most scientific way of getting something from one part of the just, room to another. But have you ever noticed it, though? It's like whenever something is accidentally zapped, it's almost always a freaking conveyor belt. It's like, where is OSHA in all of this? <laughs> Breathe, Steven. I don't know. I don't know. But Dooley finally finds the duck. The next, we don't even have any kind of conversation leading up to this or anything. The next scene is he's taken it home, and Jimmy's mad because I wanted a puppy and you brought home a duck, even though Albert is telling him it's not a pet. We're going to get rid of it. Even Katie doesn't, or seems to think that he brought it home as a pet. So he's still having to tell her, like, no, it was that, or the janitor's wife cook it up for dinner or something. I figured we would sell it to that farmer who's always coming by and selling us produce. And then Jimmy says, I don't know. you know what, I like Duck, actually. This is my new pet now. His name's Charlie. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in, like, the minute and a half that Dooley and Katie were talking about it, Jimmy has decided the duck is his best friend. <laughs> and he literally is sitting there uh, stroking it, going, "I'm go- you want a really good name? Charlie. I'd just like to point out that in real life, a duck would probably not be a good indoor pet because they poop everywhere and you yep. can't stop it. Yeah. I did not know this for sure, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, no, I- they do. It's, like, they're okay if you're going to keep them outside, but they are, like, not an indoor pet because they're just not built to hold in the poop. It's if they got to poop, they're going to poop. And it's like constant. Oh, jeez. Oh, so, yeah. Um, they decide they're going to keep the duck. They'll figure out some way of feeding it. I don't know. Jimmy's happy, at least. Everything's good. An unknown amount of time later, we cut to Dooley sitting in his study, practicing chess strategies out of, like, a pamphlet or something. I don't know. Because he's a big, smart, smarty. And just all of a sudden, we hear Jimmy just shouting from outside about, I don't even remember, I don't remember what he says. It's something like, Dad, wait, stop him, he's going to hurt Charlie, or something like that? I think this was the second time I paused and yelled, what is happening? Because uh, Dooley runs outside to see what all the commotion is. It turns out, somehow, Charlie has gotten from from inside their house to... Um, to Hooper's backyard and is swimming around in its in their pool because probably because Charlie thinks it's a pond or whatever. Which fair duck. I mean, basically, and it's like a human Hooper pond. Is, Hooper is not having it and is trying to beat this duck to death with a pool skimmer. Hooper needs to mind his own damn business. <sighs> it's this this scene turns into turns into a lot. The scene is a lot. Yeah, they, it's just a lot of 
animal on screen. It you just you get to see them argue over how to get the duck out of the pond. Dog goes into pond. They're just er, well pool. They're just animals in the pool, and that's the scene. It's like coming the Benny I'm pretty Hill sure <laughs> there are a handful of. I'm pretty sure there are a handful of times throughout this scene where they sped up the footage just to make things look more chaotic. I can believe like, that. All the scene, all, all the shots of um, Hooper like hitting first the duck, then Dooley with the pool skimmer. I'm pretty sure he was just doing like gently, and they sped it up to make it look like he's like slamming it. Um, it's like a wacky sax theme going on. <laughs> <laughs> or what am I thinking of? Mini Hill, Wacky Sex, something like that. I think it's yeah. I think I think that's it. It's you. Y'all know what I mean. Though. I don't remember. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Wacky yeah, Sex. It's something. That's Thank it. Thank you. It, it was something sex. Band to the rescue. <laughs> um, but yeah, throughout the scene, like the duck is still swimming around. The dog hops into the pool because dogs will do that sometimes. Which I have no indication that this is a bad dog, so I'm going to say he's a good boy. Um, uh, somehow or another, or Dooley, I don't even know how Dooley fell in. He was, like, bent over, I think, trying to coax Charlie over to him and just fell over? I guess. I don't know. Um, Hooper starts smacking him in the head with the pool skimmer, yelling, hey, get out of my pool, blah, blah, blah. In retaliation, Dooley yanks on the skimmer so hard that Hooper falls in. So, and then the duck just or Charlie just hops up out of the pool on her own. She's fine. These guys are having a worse time of it than she is. Everybody leaves in time for it to just be Hooper in the pool in time, and his wife. I don't know if she was like just getting home or if she had been outside and is just or inside and is just now coming out to see what happened. But it's enough time passes that Hooper's the only one in the pool for her to come out and be like, Finley, I told you not to swim in your clothes. Like, I got to say getting home. I mean, how could you not hear all of that outside? I don't know. They did. I mean, they didn't make this, those noise canceling headphones back then. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> this movie is so much. <laughs> It's so much all the time. It's something, all right. Um, but after all of that, the dog is still barking over the fence because dogs will do that. And Charlie lays like four eggs in a row with like a a dinging sound every time. And what's I I genuinely wonder if the dinging is supposed to be in universe because I swear there are times that people know Charlie laid an egg even when they're not looking at her. And the only way I can think of for them to know that is that they also heard the ding. I don't know. Yeah, I have... There's, like, some bit about trying to figure out what makes a goose lay an egg, and it's, like, maybe a sex joke? I really don't know. Uh, It's... Oh, my... It's okay. I forget how the conversation started, like, what it was that Katie said or asked or whatever uh, something about i think about the dog like terrorizing uh charlie and Dooley uh, points out oh well it was actually the dog that made her lay the eggs and katie responds like well that's not how my mother told me about it or i forget exactly how the conversation goes but basically he's trying to explain 
that it's a conditioned response Charlie has where she lays an egg whenever she hears dogs barking and Katie just keeps responding as if she thinks he's trying to tell her that they're that they're doing it. I don't know. I don't know, y'all. Uh they talk about how the eggs are probably irradiated and unsafe to eat. Uh yeah. Which fair. She was on that radiation conveyor belt for like a solid minute, so yeah, he's probably right. They're not safe. Yeah, so they decide that that night they're gonna bear the eggs. Uh and while we cut ahead to that night, Albert's There are two time periods. There are like two times of day shown in this movie. The dead of night and noon. Yeah. Yeah. Albert. Yeah. It. I. Yeah. Okay. So. Albert's burying the irradiated eggs and he accidentally breaks one and finds out the yolks are made of gold. Yeah, the egg white is still regular, I guess. But the yeah, the yolks have turned into gold. In like a, a perfect smaller egg shape inside the egg. <laughs> yeah, the The lawyer like spots Albert burying the eggs and he's and Albert's like trying to come up with an excuse because he doesn't want people to know what's going on. Uh He's, like, just digging in the middle of the night in my pajamas. Like, he he wants to, like, get the gold tested to make sure it's, like, legit. Uh, and he, he talks with his uh, supervisor, Dr. Gottlieb, about it. Of course, he's, he's trying really hard to avoid being direct. Uh, but he's also not doing a good job of it. Yeah. Because he almost just comes out and says, hey, can you turn duck eggs into gold without, like... Yeah, just a long bit of, like, working around it. Yeah. I think, like, they find... That he After, like, this whole conversation, it's like... Technically, it can happen, but it's really hard to do. But it's a huge yeah. maybe. Um... I think there's another car ride where Albert and uh, his neighbor, uh, Fred, uh, talk about the eggs. Yeah. Oh, actually, before that, there's a throwaway line uh, while they're still at the lab um, where Gottlieb gets a call from someone and basically says, I got to leave. I have to retest the chimp. It's measuring an IQ of 140. Which, again, it's a throwaway line. They never come back to this. But I'm like, okay, so what did the applesauce do to that chimp that made it smart now? And I also would like to headcanon that this is in the um, Planet of the Apes universe. Okay. That I don't know. Applesauce no. smarty chimp goes on to take over the world. That's just what I'm saying. All you need is apples, mustard, and curry powder. Oh, god damn it. 
Ah, Craig. Darn right. Get together, Craig. (sighs) Well, at least I got to catch my breath. (laughs) Oh my god, back into it. Where were we? Oh, right, the chimp has an IQ of 140. Yeah, it's... Apparently, if you serve applesauce with curry powder, uh, garlic, and and, uh, cinnamon... You get, you get intelligent, high intelligence chimps. It's what housewife, housewife creates race, race of sentient chimps with one weird trick. Doctors hate her. <laughs> I give up. I can't. <laughs> Breathe, okay. Steven. Okay, I'm good. I'm through it. Oh, jeez. Are you sure? Yes. Um, Dooley and uh, Fred get home. Basically, Dooley's uh, Fred is on the fence, still skeptical, but so Dooley's going to try to make Charlie lay an egg so he can prove it. Uh, Katie has has already gotten. It turns out Katie has already gotten rid of Charlie, as per their original plan to give him to the farm to give her to the farmer. And Dooley shows off his technique for making a woman remember something, which is shaking her and yelling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is that. But she finally, she, she, they finally remember where the farmer guy lives, because that was what he was trying to make her remember, was what is his address. Um, huh. I think... I think this was the third time the scene at the farm, I think was the third time that I paused and yelled, what is happening? Because basically the farmer has already put Charlie in. I mean, as he will, he doesn't know about the golden eggs. He's already put her in the pen with all of his other ducks. Yeah. And so their, their method of figuring it out um, as is that Dooley has remembered. She will lay an egg when she hears the dog barking. I guess the farmer doesn't have a dog, so he's crawling around in the duck pen, just barking. Yeah. It. And he gets he gets Fred to do the same. This goes on for a bit. Uh, it does. It goes on for like a good minute or two. Yeah. Charlie just like leaves the pen on her own. Oh right, I remember what happens now. So, Jimmy just leaves. And he left the door open, so all the ducks leave the pen, all of them, uh, including Charlie, but, like, Charlie recognizes Jimmy and just goes over to him. Uh, they bark for a good while. This movie is pretty short, but it feels long. Yeah, oh my god. It's, it's an hour and twenty minutes! And I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, a very good portion is, um, is grown men barking at a duck. Yeah. They eventually, eventually, they like realize, uh, 
that where Char- Charlie is, and and they just they left. They sent all all the ducks are going down the river, except for Charlie, who's with them, and the farmer just lost. God knows how much in uh, livestock. In duck. Yeah. Do they help him get the ducks back into the pen? No. I'm assuming no. They probably just drove away. But, yeah, so, again, a grown man barking at a duck. I cannot emphasize enough (laughs) that this is a significant thing in this movie, is a grown man getting on his hands and knees and barking at a duck. Dooley manages to prove to Fred that the that the golden egg thing is legit, that he's not losing it, although in this debatable. aspect anyway. So they go home to uh, to confer and get stuff figured out. And this was this was the first thing that I looked up on uh, on an inflation calendar because Fred mentioned that if these things really are pure gold, they could be looking at over nine hundred dollars per egg. And in 1971 money, that equates to $5,786.40 of today money per egg. I need to get me one of those ducks. I know. I need a duck and some applesauce now. Oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, so basically their plan for now is to just kind of sit and wait. Um, Fred is going to do... I think he said he's basically just going to like look back at the books in terms of what kind of process they should take to incorporate this duck and <laughs> and make sure that their money is safe. Uh, later in the evening, Katie's talking about how, how happy she is that Jimmy has his friend back and is now happy. don't remember how they get to talking about Aesop's fables, but they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, they were talking about it because it's a goose that lays a golden egg. Like in stories. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't remember how it comes up, but Dooley says something along the lines of like, Aesop proved what greed can do in his, in his stories, or whatever. They go up to look in on Jimmy, who, I mean, because it's nighttime, Jimmy's fallen asleep, curled up with the, with Charlie. Actually, that shot in and of itself is really sweet. Notably, Dooley goes into the room to, you think, tuck Jimmy in, but he only tucks in Charlie and then leaves. I'm sure it doesn't mean anything. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, he... He likes the money duck more than his actual son. Uh, um, there, there are no transitions between things in this movie because, again, no transition from this. But the next day, just has Katie on the phone with the bank. Uh, she's been writing bad checks, and like it. I I don't even I don't know. It's a solid minute of like her looking around, I guess, trying to figure out like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? She's trying to find where uh, Dooley has stashed the golden eggs so that she can deposit one and fix their money troubles. Luckily, Charlie lays an egg for her. 
and Katie's ass takes just a literal lump of gold and a deposit slip down to the bank as if that's going to fix anything. Uh, yeah, she goes to the bank. She, she, uh, she, like, learns that, oh, I'm, I've lost my place in my notes. Um, uh, basically, the guy, the bank guy, like, tells her something about, like, we can't deposit actual gold. You would have to take it to a refinery. Yeah. And get them to give you money for it or something like that. So she's like, oh, so she's like, oh, okay, I'll just go do that. She got, basically, she does. She goes down to the refinery and gets a check, comes back, deposits it. Their money troubles are good for now. She buys herself a big hat to celebrate, and the girl deserves it. Yeah. She got a nice big hat. Uh... Uh, Al- Albert and Fred argue over this for a bit, but, like, eventually Fred's like, actually, that's a good idea. You probably don't want to be handling gold without a license. Uh, she should keep doing this and just, just go to different refineries so they don't, like, catch on to what's going on. So that's sort of what happens now. Uh, yeah. They um they decide because Katie uh says that she told the the bank guy that it was a golden egg laid by their duck and they just laughed and didn't believe her. So they decide, oh, okay, well since Katie's a woman and no one will believe her, we can let her make all of the deposits because she can just tell them whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's so much, guys. I know. <laughs> It confused me so bad when I watched this the first time and I was like half sleep deprived. I'm like, surely this is just me not sleeping. And then I watched it again. No. And I was like, okay, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't this the thing. You're right. I think, I think watching it, like actually feeling better, like being uh, more lucid, I guess. I was like, this isn't helping. This is making it worse. Um, The treasury is starting to get suspicious. They're talking stuff over. They conveniently end their conversation with not not a single foreign country will hear anything about it. And we don't even we don't even get a proper montage. It's a bunch of little bubbles in the corners of the screen of different foreign officials talking about this having happened. Including a Chinese stereotype. Oh my god, yeah. I mean it's Disney in the seventies, what did we expect? <laughs> <sighs> I don't remember if it's in this time or the next time they do this bit, but, like, there's, like, a whole thing about making a plastic duck that's cheaper. I hate it. Oh. Yeah, it's something about if America is making it for $10, we'll do it for eight ninety five. Uh. <laughs> um. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. This movie sucks, actually. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not, Steven. This, this isn't even, like, my favorite Martian where I remembered it being good because I watched it as a kid. This is just... Straight up bad. <laughs> oh, man. Um, the, the, the only important thing in this scene is that Hooper... If, 
the group that the group within the treasury that Hooper works for is what's discussing this, and he finally like when they're saying when they're saying the name of whoever it is that's been making all these deposits is when he is when he figures out, oh crap, it's my neighbors. So he decides, of course, that he's going to spy on them to figure out what they're doing, which leads to the hilarious joke twice. Twice this happens of him looking over into the yard to see what's going on just so happens while Katie's like the only one in view of him and his wife happens by and thinks that he's checking out the neighbor girl and gets mad. That's basic. That's, that's this movie. Um, yeah. So Okay, so what else happens? Uh, we get like a a couple of short scenes of um, Dooley is going to a car dealership. He wants to buy a new car, but since Fred said not to spend anything yet, he's not doing it. But then Fred comes over to talk for a little while, and like he already has a new suit. Yep, and stuff like that. There, this goes nowhere. The implication is that he's spending money even though he told them not to. But this goes nowhere. My, they don't do anything about it. My bet, I wonder if, like, the idea is he's already spending the money, if he's already spending money they've gotten out of this, or if they're just, like, if he's just, like, spending money he already has, assuming that he's just writing checks he can't cash. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I don't care, honestly. That Fred has a new suit. The next scene that happens, I do actually kind of like because Jimmy went to hang out with the Wadlow boys and he brought Charlie. They're just they're working on their dune buggy or whatever. That part's fine. Charlie steps on a battery and I guess because she's so radioactive, just starts glowing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they find out that she can be used as a conduit. Uh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> this part is actually genuine, like not hilarious, but is genuinely kind of funny because the next thing that happens when Dooley comes over to like find Jimmy and Charlie is that, oh, what is it? They've got Charlie still standing on the battery. One of the Wadlow boys is like grabbing Charlie, like basically just with his hand on like her body or whatever, uh, holding a light bulb in his mouth and the cord, uh, the power cord to a radio in his other hand. And is just powering all of those things through through Charlie. It's it's a little bit it's a nothing scene, but it's the only like the only one in this movie where I was just like, okay, yeah, that's actually pretty funny. That's kind of good. We'll give him that much. Maybe. Uh, maybe it's it's okay. It's an okay bit. Um, let's see. There's. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Is this... Oh, yeah, this is the part where we... Did we cut back to... Oh, no, no, shit. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. I know where we are. I know where we are. Uh, uh, eventually, like, we cut to back to the treasury. The refineries are snitching. Uh... The government is trying to investigate what's going on. They think it might be the mafia or something even worse, possibly. 
they they get a call from. Am I just repeating stuff that's already happened? I've lost track. No, this scene literally just happens twice because we get another set of like bubble montages of foreign officials talking about it again. Except that this time it ends with fucking Richard Nixon. Yeah, it's an ominous photo of Richard Nixon. <laughs> they have an ominous photo of Richard Nixon on the wall and then they get a call from... Obviously not the real Richard Nixon, but Nixon, uh, just out of, out of you, like, fucking Dr. Claw, uh. (laughs) (laughs) And, oh my god, they literally write, it's, I mean, obviously, like you said, it's an actor, it's not the real Nixon, but they literally write a scene in which the president of the United States, Richard M. Nixon, says, get that duck, do you understand? So like I don't know what's happening anymore. Yeah, they figure out like where this is coming from, which is the the Dooleys, and because Hooper is like the next door neighbor, he's gonna investigate for them. Uh, let's see. We so Hooper's just trying to investigate while just doing whatever he can to look inconspicuous, like cleaning the bushes, pretending he's on vacation. Uh, like, Albert immediately catches on that that they're spo- that he's spying on him. Uh, they talk, or Fred shows up in the, in the same expensive car they, they were in, that he bought, that he wanted to buy. Uh, and Fred talks with them about, like, making a fake company as a tax write-off. Uh, and Albert's worried because, like, eventually this radiation on Charlie is going to wear off. And she probably won't lay any more golden eggs after that. Wait, shit, I, we ha- I did- I'm going over the same scene all over again. Fuck. God damn it. <laughs> No, I genuinely think it's just that the movie's repetitive like this, because I don't think we've accidentally backed up. <sighs> okay. Yeah, so... Charlie or Jimmy are are with the Wadlow boys. J- oh, wait, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Anyways. Uh... I don't know. At some point, the team in come over and a chase team happens. Yeah, that's, like, the next thing that actually matters. Let's... Yeah, oh my god. God, how did I fucking lose all this shit? Okay. I don't even... I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Half of this movie doesn't even matter. Um... So we get, first, a low-speed hijinks chase of, like... Of, like... Jimmy and Charlie are, like, on a bike or something. Uh... <laughs> it's, yeah, no, okay, yeah, that was one thing we missed, was that at some point during his trying to spy on them, hmm, um, nice, uh, Hooper decided to be, come over and be creepy with Jimmy and give him a bike. 
That's like that's one of the few things that happen at some point in the movie that matters later because that's the bike that Jimmy bikes away on is he runs over to Hooper's garage and gets it. Uh, we have two cars full of grown men chasing after a small child on a bike. Not suspicious at all. No. Um. Totally normal. I don't even remember how. So this so much of this chase scene also just happens. Um, somehow or another, um, Jimmy ends up in the Wadlow Boys dune buggy thing. So they're trying. They didn't really give him any details. Just those guys are after my duck. So they're trying to drive off and keep. Basically, they're just helping Jimmy escape. So. Um, no, okay, that's right. Dooley, Katie, and Fred have been chasing on foot this whole time. And they hijack an electrical truck? Yeah, like, yeah, they hijack a truck that's for, like, doing electrical repairs, and they, and, like, for for most of the scene, like, Fred and Katie are in, like, the, are in, like, the interior while uh Albert's riding off the uh the 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 fucking raised thing that they used to get up to the I don't know what yeah, it's called. Yeah, the big like cherry picker basket thing. Yeah. I don't know. There are in this case two separate scenes where the team in are on a or on an overpass driving across while the truck goes under and they stop just in time for Fred to like, or for Dooley, I don't even care anymore, to slam into the side of the bridge in the basket, but still ultimately be okay and lower the basket so they can keep going. <laughs> it's, and it's not even that they like do that thing some movies will do where it shows it happen and then repeats it from a different angle. It's literally two separate scenes separated by a couple minutes of chase. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, they go into a tunnel at one point, and the fourth thing that made me pause and yell what is happening is that as the team in are about to pull alongside, Albert, like, leans himself over so that the bottom of the basket thing he's in starts scraping along the side of the tunnel and just showers their car in sparks. Yeah. Uh, this... It's like if, it's like the Fast and the Furious, but thirty years earlier and worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some very obvious nineteen seventies green screen. Uh, At some point, I feel like I'm fast forwarding the chase scene, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. At some point, Jimmy and the Wadlow kids or boys go into a parking garage and like up to the top level of it. And so that's when, that's when Dooley finally abandons the basket because when they come up to the parking garage, it's level with the top. So he just hops over and chases after him on foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens next is that in order to get like somewhere that the, they can't reach in the car, uh, the Wadlow is like, help Jimmy across the to a nearby rooftop using a 
ladder they found, but the ladder's starting to break. <laughs> they just slide a ladder across and uses it as a bridge. Yeah. Yeah, they do that, and, like, it's super dangerous. The ladder starts to break. Uh, we get a really suspenseful rescue moment where uh, Albert has to save Jimmy and Charlie, and, like, Albert has to prove that he loves Jimmy more than he loves Charlie. <laughs> he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have to prove anything. He shows up and says, starts telling him, Jimmy, give me your hand. Jimmy says, go away, daddy. You don't like me or whatever. The ladder starts to break more. And then Jimmy finally goes, daddy, save me. He doesn't have to talk him out of it. Albert does nothing. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> Breathe, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Treasury boys catch up to them and they go to court. Yeah. That's that's the fifth scene that made me pause and yell what is happening. Is that after <laughs> after all that's of this when you started messaging me. No, I'm just sitting there trying to watch it all of a sudden my phone just starts beeping with what's going on? What's happening? I don't get it. Uh, um, like the up on top of the parking garage, they finally hand the duck over to the team in because what are they going to do? Jump at this point? Um, they also arrest Albert. They don't really say why, but I mean, at this point, you can pretty much figure it's because of the gold thing. Um, we cut to a courthouse that is being mobbed by people who want to know what's going on with this duck. I don't even know how the story got out. Tabloids. I guess. That's my guess. I don't know. It's good of a guess as any. They ask Cooper to prove about the duck laying golden eggs. Um, Hooper's barking wrong. Fred wants to just let it happen and make Hooper look crazy. But Albert's like, no. I never thought I would hear. Uh, do what? <laughs> So that's a sentence you'd never expect to hear in relation to a movie is Hooper's barking. I know. Fred wants to just let it happen so that the judge will think he's crazy and throw out the case. But Albert decides, you know what? No, we're going to do this thing right. And whatever happens will happen. So he goes to bark correctly at the duck. And it turns out, it turns out she's out of golden eggs. The radiation is worn off. Yeah. Uh, so Albert gets off scot-free and gets to keep all the money he made after taxes. Yeah, they mentioned that he, they mentioned, this was the second thing that I looked up, because they mentioned that he has $40,000 in multiple different banks, which, $40,000 of 1971 money, according to the inf the inflation calendar I found on Google, is $257,173.33. Good God. The judge congratulates Dooley on being a good capitalist. Yeah. He pulled himself <laughs> up by his bootstraps. Jimmy, if your duck ever starts laying... Do what? He pulled himself up by his bootstraps. He did. He pulled himself up by the duck's bootstraps. But the judge tells Jimmy if that duck ever starts laying golden eggs, just bury them. Yeah. Uh, and 
that's the end of the movie. Every happy ending, I guess. The end of that fever dream. <laughs> we wake up. Oh god, it's 2020. The nightmare didn't end. No. Right. <laughs> so. <sighs> yeah. This movie was a trip. Uh, it's something. Sure yeah, something. There you go. Exactly. I, I think for this one, I'm probably putting it of the movies we've watched so far at number five out of six. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. Oh, um, before we get into questions, um, I just got to mention something completely unrelated, but that I learned about around the same time. Okay. I genuinely don't remember how I how, how I learned about this. It was probably a podcast I was listening to, but I don't remember anymore. Um, there was once a cat in Japan that became... Um, wait, was it you that sent me the thing about this? Are you talking about cat? Tama? The yeah, cat? Tama! Yeah, 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 yeah. I sent you that. That was, that was the thing that let me survive this movie, was finding out about Tama. Okay, You're so welcome. I forget... I forget which train station in Japan it was, but for a while, a local cat that they basically adopted, because I'm noticing Japan will do this sometimes, of, like, the cat became, like, the the manager, uh, at least in name, of this train station. She was station. a station cat. And people loved her so much. Yeah. People loved her so much that after her death, they elevated her to godhood. Yeah. And that is incredible. She is basically now just the patron god of trains in japan and she has successors she does it's one of the successors. sheen tama yon tama is the one that got basically kidnapped by another station because they were like no we're not giving her back (laughs) one of the yeah one of the successors was sent over to another train station to practice and they were like screw it we're keeping her we love her too much (laughs) so now she works over there yeah yeah i sent you that literally reading that Reading that Reddit thread revitalized me enough to survive this movie, so thank you. You are welcome. Everyone, that's my recommendation for the week. Don't watch The Million Dollar Duck. Instead, learn about Tama. Yeah. I'll dig the link back up. I, One of us can dig the link back up, and we can at least put it in the uh, the Discord chat later for if anybody else I mean, wants to you, check it out. You can probably just look up Tama. Tama's... Yeah, but somebody like did like a like they put all of it together into like one long story. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Steven, it you is... could probably put it like on your Twitter or something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I think more people would see it there. Yeah, okay. I still have that picture of her saved where she's wearing like her full like outfit. Yes. She's all so of her good. Medals she's and a stuff. good girl yeah. doing her best. Uh, as far as questions go, uh, looks like we have just one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so I've already yeah, got it. Uh, we've technically got so two. They're it. just from. Well, one of them's a comment. One is uh, an actual question uh, from friend of the show Casey. <laughs> so you've all eaten applesauce and been irradiated. What's your cool special ability? Does it also disrupt the world economy? Well, I took this in a slightly different path from cool special ability because honestly, 
it's this it's the form of serenity that in the year of our lord 2020 i think would be wild but also give me the most peace there's a character in the fallout games uh his name is harold he's a ghoul which is basically zombie people who've been irradiated and are now basically immortal not the point his name is Harold. He has, uh, you find him in like Fallout 1, I think, and he's got a little tree sprouting out of his head. They bring him back in New Vegas, and the tree has completely grown and taken root. No, so that's that Harold three. He, can that no longer three. move. That was in 3. Do what? That was, Her- Harold, that form of Harold was in 3. Was it 3? Okay, I couldn't remember if it was 3 or New Vegas. I get the two of them mixed up a lot. Okay, yeah, so he's in he's in three, and a cult has formed around him, and he's basically just vibing there now, and I genuinely think if I ate uh, radiated superpower applesauce, that's the best end I could hope for, is an apple tree growing around me so that I could, I could just sit there and vibe for a while. All right. Nice. Uh... I mean, I would do telekinesis. So, like, it wouldn't mess with the world's economy, but I would totally just screw with people's heads for the fun of it by just make either making stuff disappear or making stuff move. And then, of course, when they call somebody else to look, nothing would happen. I would just totally <laughs> screw with people. I. What about you, Dan? Uh, I'm thinking of ones that could disrupt the world economy, and I'm thinking <laughs> just. I I think I just get I, I don't know, I get like a death note, but I use it on billionaires. Yes, okay. Okay. <laughs> the twenty twenty death note reboot would actually just be like someone super popular because no one wants to arrest him. Right. Duplication could mess with the world's economy, though, because, like, say, if somebody gives you, like, a $20 bill, you could duplicate it and have, like, all this shit ton of money, but then... I I gain the power of the means of production. Yes! There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also had a comment from Casey. Uh, not really a question, but that scene in the pool was the most stressed I've been for oh. an animal actor in so long. Fully agreed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the last time I got that freaked out watching anything like that was um, Homeward Bound with Sassy in the waterfall. That is on our list twice. I know. And, uh, oh, I mean, I love the movie, but even like as a kid, that scene traumatized me because I literally thought they just threw a cat over a waterfall. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Homeward Bound and its sequels obviously are are on the list, but something I didn't realize at first is that apparently Homeward Bound is a remake of a movie that was just called The Incredible Journey, and I guess it's basically the same thing. Wasn't it a book, too, or am I thinking of something else? I feel like it probably was, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll find out when we come to it. (laughs) Oh my god. One headache Um, at a time. (laughs) So that's that's this movie, y'all. <laughs> that's that fever dream. <laughs> uh, I guess. Do we want to just go ahead and do plugs? Uh, no, we got to pick our next movie. Uh, oh, right, crap. Yeah, Cat, it's your pick. 
Ow. Yep. Um, so I had three I was bouncing around. I was trying to figure out if we wanted to do like another like kind of not cult classic, but you know, sleeper hit or something bigger. Um, but I actually wound up going with next uh next episode we'll be doing the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, Curse of the Black Pearl. All right. Nice. Great. And then also we will be uh, bringing in a guest host with us on that episode. All right. Sure. Uh, who's it going to be? It is a friend of mine uh, named Sean. He's real big into, mo- I mean, he obviously he likes movies, but he also likes kind of like what we do, like really getting into it and discussing them. And this also happens to be one of his favorite movies. So. All right. He is a longtime friend of mine, so it'll be fun. Cool. Cool. And he's about on our level of weird, too, so he'll fit right in. Yeah. Uh, also cool. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, with that in mind, let's do some plugs. Uh, Steven, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, when I've recovered and am able to use the internet properly again, I can be found on Twitter at Marshmallow. Um, it's spelled like Marshmallow, but it has my name in it. I also have my joke Twitter page at dad underscore tastic where I post dad jokes every day. I usually post them in the evening, so having gotten myself worked up and stuff from this will not affect today's joke. Not that you guys care because by the time you're by the time you're listening to this, it's been a while. Uh Dan, you're up. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places. And you can find all those places at linktr.ee slash Mike underscore Dawson with a zero. From there, you can find my Twitter. You can find the other podcasts I do, which include Pod of Greed, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast I do with several hosts. We are currently going through Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, the first season. It's very good. I highly recommend it. It's kind of batshit. I love it. Uh, Then there's the Sonic Shuffle, a... Random and Holistic Sonic Lore podcast I do with uh, Morgan Devon. That's going on a little bit of a break. Uh, you can listen to Stranger's Fiction, uh, an actual play podcast focused on one shots. Uh, currently, with currently I'm in a short campaign of Get Your Game On, uh, where having a good time it's get your game on is like a it's like a Yu-Gi-Oh GX themed hack of firebrands it's neat okay I was about to ask if it was GX related yeah uh and and uh you can also last but not least you can uh visit at xbox underscore holiday where I celebrate holidays with xbox uh I, we do not celebrate Thanksgiving or Black Friday because those are bad holidays. So instead, we are celebrating the the uh, death of George H. W. Bush on on a Monday the thirtieth when he failed no not November and his balls exploded. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> uh, yeah. So, cow, <clears throat> where can we find you? Oh, uh, I'm Kat. You can find me lurking around Discord under Zura if I don't forget to turn my notifications on again. Um, And just remember, a clear conscience is a sure sign of a bad memory. (laughs) All right.
Did y'all know Paul McCartney was in the most recent Pirates of the Caribbean movie? He was? Paul McCartney. I have not seen it. Um, it's still not on Disney Plus. The, but the, yes, the, he plays like Yeah, not Jack's like the main trilogy, the the On Stranger Tides or the de- like the spin-off one, right? Wow. Yeah, the um that was the yeah. new one, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Yeah, yeah. I'm leaving yeah, this. Yeah, Stranger Tides and then I did not know that. I knew <laughs> I know Mick Jagger is in the third, is in the original quartet, but I yeah. didn't know Paul McCartney was in one of them. Wow, he's a, he plays like Jack's uncle or something like that. I think. Okay, that makes more sense because Mick Jagger was his dad, or no, not Mick Jagger. It Keith was Richard. Keith Richards. Yeah, it was literally the only piece of advertising I think I even saw for the newest one. Oh, oh, <laughs> before I... some po- some promotional poster with pirate uh, pirate Paul McCartney. Okay. Nice. And since I'm leaving that whole bit, and I'm gonna say again, just because I forgot, uh, fuck Walt Disney, the Disney Corporation, and also fuck Richard Nixon. Uh, oh yeah, we've been forgetting to say that, haven't we? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Uh, bye. Bye. We love you guys. Goodbye so soon and isn't this a crime? Know by now the time knows how to fly. <laughs> so here's goodbye. So soon you'll find your separate way. If time's so short, I'll say so long and go. So soon, <laughs> goodbye. You followed me. I followed you, we were like each other's shadows for a while. Now as you see, this game is through, so although it hurts, I'll try to smile as I say goodbye.